Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi. And Klee. Today we're going to talk about regrets and being an artist. Yeah, letting go of personal regrets as an artist. Yeah, this uh, comes uh, from a one of our patrons on Patreon, uh, Holly Wong. Yeah. Amazing, amazing story and question. Amazing so. artist, and she's very inspiring. Yeah, and honestly, if you guys get the chance to go on Instagram and check out Holly Wong, uh, her art is quite amazing. Go ahead and check that out. So let's get let's get into it. Let's get into the question. Okay, so I want to actually read a little bit of her backstory that she shared with us because it's uh, it pertains to the question, and I think it's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So she says, I'll tell you a little bit of my story, but make it brief. I grew up pretty desperately poor, and I saw women su- subjected to a lot of violence and intimidation. I understood very early that a key to women liberating themselves was being economically independent and powerful. I was also an artistic child, so I ended up earning an MFA, but then went right into an office job. Still feeling that I had to prove that women weren't stupid, I also earned an MBA in finance. After 20-plus years of balancing high-powered jobs and making my art, I just couldn't do it anymore and chose to remain with the same employer, but to step down to a job with less hours, which I love. I work about 25 hours in the studio a week, plus work a 40-hour day job, plus have shows and have an art business. I swing this by getting up at 2 a.m. in the morning before my job to do my artwork. My artwork has flourished since then. Yet, I have racked myself with guilt and regret all these years for not doing it sooner, for being too old, for waiting too long, for not being good enough, for not living in the right city, for not going to the right art school, or whatever other nonsense. I've listened to your motivational videos since this past December, and it has literally been transformative in helping me to release the regret and the pain. Your media practice has made such a difference in my life because I can stop feeling ashamed of my choices. You have taught me that. Um, And then she says, thank you from the bottom of her heart. You're making a huge difference in people's lives, whether you know it or not. But a video about personal regrets and how this blocks creativity would be amazing. I think creative power and life force are only released when we accept ourselves fully for our choices. It's an ongoing process to be in that place of personal power, which then translates to creative power. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you for that question, Holly. Thank you for that story. That that entire thing is very, very powerful. Yeah, and I think we probably all live with regrets of some kind, things that we feel like we should have, could have done better, things that we berate ourselves for. To be honest with you, most of most of my life, a lot of the regrets that I had were what was keeping me from doing my art or like fully pursuing something. You would think that, you know, having regrets about something like saying like, oh, you know, I should live in the right city or I should have done this or I should have done that 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 would propel you to actually do that thing that you should have done. But the problem is you get so caught up in that regret, you get so caught up in the failure of it, that you're going to do everything possible to avoid it. Because every time you bring it up, every time you bring up that regret, it's like you're failing over and over and over because you didn't try something. It's kind of like a self-perpetuating thing that you start to identify with. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's a personal attack, like I'm not good enough. Yep. Or I'm not motivated enough, or I'm just not the kind of person who succeeds or things like that. The personal regrets are things that you didn't do. So for example... 
um, it'd be easy to sit there and say like, well, we would be, you know, and a lot of people approach us with that. Uh, you guys would be so much uh, better off if you lived in somewhere like New York, you know, because like New York is a good city for artists and like that's where you should live. Mm-hmm. Although that could possibly be true, um, we don't know that. We haven't experienced that. We don't know that the reason that we haven't hit the big time is because we don't live in New York, you know? And so, like, it's almost like you have this regret for something that is completely just a fantasy. It's just a story that's being told. That's my biggest, like, powerful thing that I have to use against my my regrets is, like, you don't know. Like, oh, I should have stuck it out with the music when I was younger. You don't know, Clee, what would have happened had you done that. Yeah. You don't know how you would have handled it either. I've said before, like, I'm not sure that I was the kind of person who could have handled a full-time art career before now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the same thing for me. Like, I know for a fact that everything that led in my life the way that it has, um, I've had to look at that and really, really identify with the idea that I have no regrets, that everything in my life basically led me to this point where I am now where not only could I handle having an art career, but I'd be able to handle the different challenges that I'm having now mm-hmm. versus where I was back then. Sure, when I left high school, I could have gotten into the arts heavy the same way that I got into the arts recently, and I could have created a career. I would have gone about it completely different, most likely. Um, and I wasn't emotionally stable back then. Like, I just, I wasn't. I was very, very insecure. A lot of my choices and decisions, I mean, hell, I am, like, not very insecure about myself. I love myself, and I love who I am now. Back then, I really didn't like myself. And now, even standing in a place where I love myself and trust myself to make the right decision, a lot of times I make decisions out of insecurity, let alone back then where I didn't trust myself and it would have been easier for somebody to guide me in a way that I thought maybe that's what you're supposed to do and that's what this is what you're supposed to do and this is what Making it, important art. Yeah, making important art and making what – I mean I would have totally been an art snob. I would yeah. have been an art snob just guided by insecurity and basically I would have to put down other people's art in order to make my art seem like it's important or feel like – um, I'm important because I myself wouldn't have felt that way. Now, I can visualize and I can see that happening back then. Do I know for sure? No, I don't know. Of course not. But at the same time, like, there's no point in sitting there and having any regrets for any decisions that I didn't make. Do I regret not just going right into art and going in with both feet the way that I did uh, 10 years ago back when I was a teenager? No. No, not at all, because every single life experience that I had led me to this point where I'm at right now. I'd also like to point out that a lot of the subject matter of your artwork, which is so powerful, has to do with the empowerment you found through the struggle of not feeling empowered. Exactly. So had you not had that life experience, your art would indeed be completely different. It Who would knows? be. Who it knows what be. kind of art you'd be making? Yeah, and you know, I, I, and there are certain things that I can relate to. Like, I can relate to Holly's story of like growing up poor. Mm-hmm. Um, the irony of it is that I uh, actually experienced both of those. I had a moment in time when my parents got divorced, where my uh, we were dirt poor. We were mm-hmm. like 
dirt poor. We lived in what it would be considered a half apartment. There was a big giant door with uh, that was nailed shut in the bathroom because it used to be like one one apartment and instead they split it into two apartments. Our kitchen was on a porch that was like sagging. Um, my clothes were hand-me-downs. I didn't get the new clothes every year or anything like that. It was like ugly hand-me-downs that I wore. I was very unpopular. And, um, and I lived that life. I also lived the life of being a young kid that had like all the presents on Christmas and stuff, you know, so like I've experienced what it was like to be a little rich snobby kid. And I've experienced what it was like to be like a dirty dirt poor kid. Like, you know, I was the stinky kid in class because I didn't, I didn't shower as much. Uh, and not because I didn't like hygiene. I mean, I was a little boy, so chances are I didn't like hygiene, but, um, we had a bathtub, you know, we had, we had a single bathtub that, uh, the water pressure didn't work and sometimes the hot water didn't work. So like we made it a point to shower maybe every three days. Mm-hmm. So like I know what it's like to be in that place. And then growing up and making decisions that are based out of, uh, out of insecurity. Like when I went into corporate, I went into corporate and it was kind of a similar thing. It was like, I'm going to show you who's boss. Now it does not even come close to, uh, trying to describe that, that sense of the difference between, uh, women and men going into the workplace. Like I absolutely admire Holly for like stepping in and being like, okay, you know what? Sure. This is an insecurity, but I'm going to rock it here and I'm going to show you what I'm made of and doing that. Now I did something similar due to my insecurities because I was a nobody. I felt like a nobody for most of my life. And the easiest way for me to show that I was somebody was to work in the corporate world. Because I did not think that I'd be able to do that with an art career. Right. And, you know, it's easy for me to sit there and say, like, man, if I would have taken that ambition and that power and and whatever and put it towards my art, I would have absolutely succeeded. And I believe that, that I would have. Should I have? No. Not from where I'm at right now. I do not believe that. I don't think I was emotionally capable of being able to do that and be happy. Yeah, I I agree. I took a different route, of course. Like, I took my childhood insecurities, and instead of entering the corporate world, per se, I sort of embraced my insignificance, if you will. I sort of just floated around with no real sense of direction, and I pursued creative endeavors, but only half-heartedly. I think that's the, that's the, I was a, I guess I, I gave up on things and I sort of just coasted. Right. Um, and embracing my insignificance, it was almost like I could have an enjoyable, artsy life, but one that would never really be significant in any way. Yeah. And I, and I get that because I, I could relate to that as well. Even though I was working corporate, mm-hmm. it was like, I, uh, had my, my little studio corner always set up. I had some kind of area and I would work on art projects, but it's almost like I knew they weren't going to go anywhere. Right. And because I didn't know where I was going to take them and what I was going to do. And so uh, there was always like jumping back and forth between that life that I wanted to live. And then while well, I'm doing this other thing, but essentially whether or not you're working in corporate, 
or you are just floating around from job to job, I think it is embracing that insignificance because you're like, I'm not going to get anywhere here. So the the life in of itself doesn't really have that meaning. The art doesn't have that meaning other than the whatever artsy-fartsy thing you want your friends to think of you or you <laughs> want people to think of you. Um, but, uh, you know, I work corporate. I was really good at my job. A lot of my personal identity was that, you know, I was a corporate trainer. I was this. I was that. I am this. And so my self-identity came from those places but really underneath it all, what I wanted to be identified with was as an artist. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because years later, back then, that was the insecure. I wanted to be known as an artist. Now I'm like, I just want to be known as a human being. Like I'm a creative. Everyone's a creative. Everyone is human. Like that's who we are. I just happen to like to paint. I like uh, recording videos. I like doing music. I like drawing, sketching, building sculptures, doing whatever it is that's creative in order to be able to express myself. I like to express myself in a creative way. Um, whether or not that makes me an artist or not doesn't matter. Now, back then, it was all about the title. Right. I wanted to be seen as an artist. So there were periods and times where I was dark, artsy fartsy, you know, where I uh, walked around and wore certain clothing just so that people would identify me as an artist. Or I'd walk around with a sketchbook that I barely ever drew anything in, you know, Mm -hmm. just to just to make it like, oh, he's got a sketchbook and a graphite pencil. He must be an artist, you know. And so, like, a lot of it had to do with the title and being identified as that thing by other people. But that was the problem, is that I was identify, I was allowing other people to identify what I was and who I was. And so there was a split. I had some people that thought, oh, yeah, Rafi's an artist. And then I had other people that were like, Rafi is a corporate trainer. Right. So I think it kind of goes without saying that a lot of the regret and shame that we feel has to do with social labels. Yeah, exactly. It does. It has to do with social labels and the idea that other people know what's best for you. Or that they know you at all. Yeah. That they know who you are, what you're capable of. Well, some of the regrets that Holly listed there, you know, like living in the wrong place. Not going to the right school. Yeah. yeah, Waiting too long. Not Yeah. Yeah. All of those things are essentially suggestions that people will give, like society gives. Like, you you know, in order to be successful at this thing, you need to go to the right school. In Mm -hmm. order to be successful at this thing you need to live in the right city and essentially what what it is what the way that i look at it is these are like the excuses that people that have regrets make up in order to be able to say uh i didn't make it so they have they have a valid excuse well the reason i didn't make it was because uh, i don't live in new york right But, but the thing is that if you're out there and you're creating art and you're putting it out there um you made it. Yeah. What does it mean to make it? Exactly. I, I've said this is a big one for me. I, I'm just not the kind of person who makes it in this industry. Yeah. And you were like, what does that even mean? What yeah. kind of person and what does it mean to make it? I'm just not the kind of person who like has huge success. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, one of, one of the uh, ideas that I adopted for myself was to walk around and give myself a mantra. And basically it was like this third person mantra. And I sounded weird when I'd say it at first, but then I got kind of used to it. And it was like, Rafi's got a horseshoe up his ass. 
you know, like, and whenever I think about me and because that was a big thing for me, it's like, well, you know, I'm just never going to make it because like, I don't, I'm not going to be in the right place at the right time. I'm not going to, you know, it's funny because we use all kinds of things against ourselves. Like, I'm just not lucky like that. For all the people that have made their career as an artist, it's because they were lucky. They were in the right place at the right time, which is the biggest freaking cop out that anybody could say. So it's like any of these things that you're using to make yourself feel bad uh, or make yourself feel like less than, you're basically just using as a cop-out. You're simultaneously making yourself feel bad and also excusing yourself from doing anything that's going to make you feel good. Yeah, exactly. Or you're, I mean, not or, and you're using it to make yourself feel bad in a situation where you should feel really good. You know, it's like, uh, I, so I won the Luminaries Award, right? Mm -hmm. And there, I, I, I'm very excited about that. I feel good about the piece that won. I feel good because it's for the luminaries. It's like the bright light for the women's empowerment thing. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm the only guy that won it. It's really good. But then the other voice sets in that's like, well, what is it for? It's not for a big event in New York. Well, it's not for this thing. You know, there's always this comparison thing. Of like, there's this better thing that you could have won and whatever. And so it's like you spend your entire time chasing a carrot and using those things that you didn't do or using those things that didn't happen as an excuse to make yourself feel worse. Mm -hmm. So we live in Pensacola. We don't live in New York. We don't live in Chicago. The irony is that we're from Chicago and I don't want to be in the art scene in Chicago. At least not right now. Yeah, not right now. I I just don't feel like being there. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good where I'm at and I'm, I'm, trying to go in a direction that is not the typical direction that I would have headed in back then. And the fact of the matter is that had I started my art career back then, I don't know where I'd, be. I'd probably be a has-been or, or something like that. Not saying that that's exactly what would have happened, but man, I just wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. I did not have the capacity to be happy at that point in time because I was so wrapped up in my insecurities so wrapped up in the labels and the and how I was being identified by other people that I didn't have the empowerment of being who I am now and defining myself for myself. Yeah. You know, so like no matter what you do, whether or not you decide that you're going to go into music or into art, anything creative or even into the corporate world, dude, I was being ruled by all the standards of what you were supposed to be and who you were, what you were supposed to act like. Back then when I was in the corporate world, I wasn't happy and it wasn't the job that I had. It was the fact that I just wasn't happy. I was doing something because that's what you were supposed to do. Yeah. And there's a big difference. Now you do the same thing. We do the same thing with as good as we feel about ourselves and who we are and really stand in our own truth. Um, There are times where we do the same thing here. Oh, absolutely. Uh, One of the things that Holly said and is so, so true is this is an ongoing process. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you let go of regrets little by little over your whole life? Like, you never get this done. Yeah. I allow my pain and my regrets and my shame when they surface. I allow them to shake me to my core. And then I investigate them. Yeah. And then I go through this whole process of transformation. Uh and it's never going to stop happening. And it, it's it's not. And the I think the secret there is 
you allow the regrets in. You allow yourself to feel them. I'm not deflecting. You're not deflecting. I'm not in denial. And, uh, and, and a lot of people get in the habit of avoiding it because it's painful. It's yeah. painful sometimes. And the problem is that the more that you avoid it, the more you avoid looking at something, the, the more you avoid looking at something that maybe you don't want to be true, mm-hmm. um, the more you deflect it and the more painful it becomes every time you go to look at it. Yeah, and conversely, when you look at something like that, oftentimes you discover it's really not as ugly or as shameful or as bad as you even thought it was. Yeah, it's kind of like a hot balloon, you know, a a balloon with hot air in it. Like, it seems like this big, massive thing, but all it takes is a pinprick to just pop it out of existence. Yeah. I've also embraced the idea that I am completely insignificant and completely significant. All at the same time. Yeah. And my artwork is super meaningless and also super meaningful. And of itself, those things just kind of don't mean anything. And also they do mean something. <laughs> yeah. No. And, you know, and that's, let's see if we could try, we could try to break that down. So essentially what you're saying, uh, and I totally agree with you because this is, this is the, the, two-sided where you're looking at everything with an open it's kind of like when i talk about blazing your own trail in mm-hmm. the book where it's like you are opening your eyesight to all the possibilities and understanding that all the possibilities are both significant and insignificant yeah like there is no meaning behind anything other than the meaning that you give it so whether or not you're looking at something negative or you're looking at something positive the only thing that it could mean to you is whatever it is that you mean, what you think it means, which is where the significance comes in. It's right. significant to whatever story it is that you are telling. Which is often you come up with the narrative after the fact. Yeah, you come up with the narrative after the fact. The thing itself is totally insignificant. Yeah, and it's definitely not right or wrong either. Like, yeah. you just make choices. Were any of my choices wrong or right? Did they put me, did they land me here in this place? Like, would I have landed here in this place anyway? I don't know. It's just like happening. It's unfolding. That's the thing. Put the story together hindsight and see if you could tell yourself the best story that you could tell yourself. Um, If you are making up stories that haven't happened or they haven't happened yet, then you are pretty much guaranteed to be completely and utterly full of shit. Like, that's what it comes... If you are telling a story of your life and you are looking at where you're at right now and you're thinking to yourself, there are times where I've told the story where I'm like, how the hell did I get here? Like, wait a second, I thought I was on the right track. Mm -hmm. And what that allows me to do is reevaluate what my choices and what my decisions were that may have led me to that place. And then there are more times than not that I look at my life and I'm like, yeah, every choice, every decision, everything that has ever happened to me, both negative and positive, were amazing because that's what led me to this place where I'm at. And so it's letting go of the regrets that you've made in your life. And another big thing that happens there is forgiveness Mm -hmm. of the bad things. You know, I, I held my mom to a certain standard because I was upset. I held my dad to a certain standard because I was upset. And so like I lived with, uh, essentially what was almost like, uh, ventriloquist 
regret like you know well my mom should regret this thing that she did and and you know so like it was like blaming her for the way that my life was Mm -hmm. and a big thing of letting go of regret for yourself is letting go of the blame that you have for other people and why you're in the place that you're at i agree because if you are throwing blame around then you are definitely throwing blame at yourself so whatever it is that you're giving to someone else that you absolutely have to have it for yourself in the first place. So, I mean, these are all things that you just look at little by little as you're going through on this journey. And um, if you have any kind of regrets or you have any kind of blame, then you know that your, your, you know, your brain jar is off. Totally. And a lot of times it's just a matter of asking what, well, what's wrong with the place I'm at? Yeah. Why have I determined that the place I'm at is incorrect? Exactly. That's perfect. Um, Because I could take this amazing life that I'm living and I could make it miserable or I could make it beautiful. Yeah. And it has the potential to be both. Yeah. Based on my perspective. Yeah, because you could look at it and be like, well, this isn't enough. Right. This isn't enough. And it's never enough. And so you get to the next level and it's it's just not enough. Or I could be like... What this is everything I ever wanted, and it's evolving every day. Yeah. yeah, and I could wake up and say either thing, and either thing would be true for me. Yeah, and that's that's where the insignificance and significance comes in. The significance is based on what it is, what the story is that you're telling yourself in that moment. The mm-hmm. thing itself, totally insignificant. Yeah, doesn't matter what size our studio is, doesn't matter uh, where we're living. Doesn't matter whether or not we're in the best city for this or that. It does not matter. What ultimately matters is what is the story that we are telling ourselves and understanding that it's just a story. Right. That it, that is just our truth. It's whatever it is that we decide is true for us. That is just a story. And that's why when other people come in, they're like, well, you should really blah, 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 blah. That's their story mm-hmm. that they're telling. It's not taking either one so seriously. Uh, not their story or even your own story and just understanding I get to I get to basically live whatever day it is that I want to live based on whatever story I'm telling myself and understanding that sometimes you're going to tell yourself some whack ass shit and sometimes you're going to tell yourself some amazing stuff. Yeah. And that's totally okay. Yeah. And look, if you need to invest in a punching bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I recently bought a punching bag and Clee has enjoyed yeah, channeling some of my uh, frustrations, releasing some of that stuff via um, – I don't hit very hard, so I push the punching bag yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She pushes the punching bag which, with such vigor that it's terrifying. So <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I am terrifying force to be reckoned with. Well, I want to, man, I want to thank Holly for that question because honestly, we could talk about this probably for the next six hours. Oh, yeah. Um, and chances are we'll talk about this some more in the future because this is this is a big subject. It's not just about the regrets, it's about the blame, it's about how you're looking at yourself now, which 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 lens you're looking at yourself now versus what lens you were looking at yourself in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we tend to look at ourselves in the past and think that we were the same person and we most definitely were not. Not even close. Yeah, we're just scratching the surface of this topic for yeah. sure. But yeah, thank you so much, Holly. I I loved your story. The 
the question was amazing. You are incredibly inspiring as a human and an artist. Yeah, Holly, you're quite amazing. Thank you so much for that question. And thank you for creating awesome, amazing art. And again, you guys, if you want to see your art, just go to Holly Wong on Instagram. Uh, really, really good stuff. You won't regret it. So I guess that's it for this podcast. Just FYI, you guys, I am recording an audiobook this week and next week and possibly the week after. So I may be going a little bit dark. Um, possibly. Not, as yeah. We not get the things done. Not like dark side. I'm not going to be rocking a red lightsaber, but I will be a little less on the social medias. I guess. <laughs> I think that's probably a safe thing to say. A safe bet. Yeah. I'm interested in knowing about what regrets or what your perspective is when it comes to like your life and stuff like that and whether or not there were any choices that you regret and how you handle that now. Go ahead and discuss that amongst yourselves in the comment section below. I'd love to read that. And if you have any questions for us for the podcast, if you go to the description, there is a link to go to our website, and that's the best place to ask us a question if you have one. And onward onward and forward this week, we go into this uh, creative isolation that we are going to be doing here in the studio. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you so much for listening, you guys. You guys are absolutely freaking amazing. I totally adore you. And if you like this and you want to listen to more like this, just go ahead and click somewhere around here to subscribe. And that's it, I guess. Say goodbye, Clee. Good day. Adios. Adios.